G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. I sometimes encourage parents who may have children around. It could be a PG conversation. Uh, mentioned a little earlier in eastern states, uh, children are well and truly at school. Uh, in Western Australia, though, and uh, lots of listeners in WA, and wonderful to have you along with us, and uh, certainly no intention to uh, put you in an awkward situation. But uh, if you are dropping children off at school... Uh, your opportunity to perhaps uh, shield young ears uh, from our conversation. We are going to be talking about sex and violence in popular culture. There is a united voice that's been raised against a new film that's expected to have uh, what is an infamous popularity around the world. Uh, The big downside to the film we'll talk about today is that it reportedly portrays a normalisation of violence towards women. There's a group that have united together around the world for a a collective voice. One of those groups is Collective Shout Australia. Others involved in this united opposition to this film, the London Abused Women's Centre in Canada, the Culture Reframed Organisation in the USA and the National Centre on Sexual Exploitation in the USA. Well, they're collaborating for what is the second time to reject the normalisation of violence and abuse against women portrayed in the franchise Fifty Shades of Grey, the most recent instalment of which is the movie Fifty Shades Darker. Well, in fact, dozens of groups from around the world are speaking out against Fifty Shades Darker as it's being released in Australian cinemas. And I expect we'll have a sobering conversation about the effects of a film like this. But I want to make a special welcome. Our special guest this hour is Caitlin Roper. Caitlin is Campaigns Manager for Collective Shout for a world free of sexploitation. Caitlin Roper, welcome along to 2020. Thanks for having me. Caitlin, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us about what your concerns are uh, when it comes to this film, Fifty Shades Darker. It's part of a trilogy, a franchise, uh, and the idea that it normalises violence against women. Uh, Tell me about your concerns. Uh, So the second instalment in the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy has just been released, uh, Fifty Shades Darker, And it's the story of a man who essentially grooms and preys on a young woman for a domestic abuse relationship and sexual violence. And this film has been pitched as a romance and it's, you know, porn for women. And it's it's something that's been really popular with women. And, you know, it's it's become something of a global phenomenon. And um, being that it is so, um, so out there, it really does have significant power to influence, um, you know, ideas and attitudes on, you know, relationships and sexuality and women and how they should be treated and how they want to be treated. So it's sending the message that women secretly enjoy and want violence and abusive relationships. And that's, you know, in our current cultural climate and with issues of violence against women that are already ongoing, 
this is really undermining the work of anti-violence campaigners who are trying to, you know, move forward on these issues and Fifty Shades is taking us backwards. Well, when people describe a film like this as just a naughty bit of fun, uh, this is something that gets you a little hot under the collar because there, in that sort of saying, is a demonstration of uh, the contrast here of what uh, women are trying to do to protect uh, their their children, their daughters, their teenagers, and what society is presenting at the cinema. That's right, and it's it's something that is, as you've said, it is promoted as, you know, a bit of sexy fun. And I think, you know, if it was promoted as a story of a sadistic man who grooms a young woman for abuse, it probably wouldn't be as popular. But the fact that it has been pitched as, you know, um, something that's supposedly promoting women's sexual empowerment when it's in fact it's the opposite it's it's the total opposite there's nothing empowering about women believing that you know they exist for men to use and control and to be you know subordinate to men's abuse and and those things that's that's really um like i said we're going the wrong direction in these issues well, Caitlin, this wouldn't be the only bit of cinema, the only movie, the only uh, depiction in popular culture that shows these sorts of images. But when you do get a film released like Fifty Shades Darker, part of the Fifty Shades franchise, this is an opportunity to speak up. Uh, I imagine it's not because you're wanting to be, or in, in, in my case, wanting to be or seen as or not wanting to be seen as prudish in talking about a film like this and saying, no, don't go and see it, uh, really, you've got to actually come back down to how the uh, the way this film, in fact, connects with some of the violence that's happening in society. What do you understand about statistics on sexual violence against women and, and how films like this actually connect? Well, sexual violence and men's violence against women in general... Uh, you know, incredibly prevalent. Um, in Australia, we know that at least one woman a week is being murdered by a male intimate partner or former intimate partner. Um, you know, statistically, when it comes to physical or sexual violence, I believe it's one in three women will experience sexual or physical violence in their lifetime. Uh, there's lots more statistics we could talk about, you know, specifics of how often, you know, in Victoria, for example, police are called out on domestic violence incidents every 10 minutes. So these things, they are real issues and they're very serious issues and they're ones that many women face. Yet these things, you know, we're not making the connection. People will sort of say, oh, that's terrible that women are being raped and that women are being murdered and that men are doing these things to women. But they're not making a connection between a culture that downplays, sexualizes and even glorifies this same sort of treatment in in movies, in media, in advertising. So the thing about Fifty Shades is great because a lot of people will say, you know, it's just a movie, it's just fiction. Well, perhaps it is fiction. Well, it is fiction. <laughs> but it's it's um, something of a global phenomenon. It is incredibly powerful and incredibly influential. I mean, we it's um, a franchise now that, you know, now has a range of merchandise, including lingerie, uh, wines, sex toys, hotel packages, um, baby onesies. <laughs> Hardware stores reportedly selling Fifty Shades of Grey-inspired packs with rope and duct tape. So it's, you know, this is not just a movie. This is more than a movie. This is, you know, it's incredibly powerful and just really out there. 
and if the dominant message is that this is fun and sexy and even empowering for women, then people aren't making the connection between a culture that excuses and glorifies violence against women as something that's sexy and fun and real-world violence against women. They're just sort of seeing them as two separate things and not seeing that there could be any connection or that real-life violence against women doesn't just occur in a vacuum. It, it occurs, you know, with attitudes and cultural drivers that are fueling it. Caitlin, let me just reflect on the description that came uh, in an article I picked up from the Sydney Morning Herald uh, in describing this film. And we'll we'll pick up on some of the issues in here. But let me just read uh, this short paragraph as to a description of the plot of the film and then we'll get some mm-hmm. we'll get some comment and of course I'm inviting listeners to participate too. So uh, if you'd like to comment on some of these things uh, that could be an, an interesting way that we can develop this conversation. Now it goes a little like this. A man becomes fixated on a young female university student. He immediately becomes possessive sulking when she so much as talks to other men and attempts to isolate her from her friends. He shows up unannounced at her place of work. He traces her mobile phone to find her on a night out drinking with friends. He knows where she lives. He's controlling and emotionally manipulative. He proceeds to have sex with her despite her refusal and continued protestation. And in the Sydney Morning Herald, there's, in brackets, there's a word for that. We can talk about that. The young woman mm-hmm. reports feeling abused. Now, I've sort of tried to accentuate uh, some of those issues in there, and uh, and right from the beginning in that description, uh, where the idea of a man becoming fixated on a young female. Now, that might be a description of what happens when any young people are attracted to one another, but when it becomes possessive, that creates a whole new issue, doesn't it? Sure, yeah. We're not talking about romance anymore. We're not talking about, you know, these good positive elements of romantic relationships. We're talking about unhealthy behaviours and, um, you know, abusive tendencies. And if I'm just enlarging on some of those things, the idea of a man attempting to isolate a woman from her friends, uh, is that... Uh, how do you describe that, Caitlin? Well, there was an analysis um, done by psychologists and researchers on the first book, and they went through the content of the first eight chapters, and they concluded that the romantic, supposed romantic relationship was characterised by intimate partner violence. And they said that emotional abuse and sexual violence were prevalent. And under the heading of emotional abuse, they listed a whole range of different things. One of them was isolation, the way that Christian you know, attempted to isolate Anna from her friends and from other people and limit her social interaction. Another was um, stalking, as as has been mentioned in the Sydney Morning Herald piece, Um, the idea that he would track her whereabouts, you know, know where she was, follow up, um, follow her around, show up when she's out, when he shouldn't know where she is. Uh, But this is something that we're increasingly hearing from domestic violence workers, that abusive partners are increasingly doing, they're using technology to be able to stalk and um, follow the trace and follow the whereabouts of um, of their female partners. And um, I've heard stories even about you know abusive partners turning up at women's refuges because they've installed some sort of um, app on the victim's phones. They know where they are and they can trace them using GPS. So this is something that 
is actually going on that real abuses are doing to their partners. And it's not an indication of, oh, he just loves me so much, he must know where I am at all times. This is not a healthy behaviour. Uh, there's also things like intimidation and threats and um, all these things that are part of the emotional abuse. And um, yes, go on. I was going to say, uh, when you've got uh, emotional manipulation, and sometimes uh, people are going to be able to identify that that happens in the opposite of the relation to a woman over a man, but uh, that tends not to end in all of the uh, tragedy that we might uh, read about and understand that is happening with uh, this level of abuse. Uh, When we talk about a murder of a woman, at the rate of one a week here in Australia. That is sobering to think, but this emotional manipulation. Uh, and uh, when we mentioned, too, in that little uh, description description in the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, even to rape uh, because of her refusal, her protestation against having sex. Yeah, that's right. And a lot of people will defend the content of Fifty Shades just sort of saying, you know, it might not be your cup of tea, but, you know, it's not, it, you know, it's consensual, it's um, BDSM, things like that. Uh, for starters, the psychologists who analyse the book, they said, look, it's, we wouldn't even characterise it as BDSM. It's nothing short of, of abuse. There is no consent. And some of the examples here of sexual violence include forced sex acts, um, sexual contact against a person's will, using pressure or um, using alcohol to compromise consent, uh, Christian ignoring Anna's verbal refusal. These are all things that are happening throughout the book and women will say, oh, you know, it's just some people are into that and I don't think they're actually grasping that there is no consent even. These, you know, legally, if we took these these sort of acts, you know, these legally defined rape and people aren't getting that, which again illustrates, you know, the power that Fifty Shades has in reinforcing these dangerous messages and I'd argue also makes it more difficult for women and for, for young women and teenagers, teenage girls, to actually recognise these problematic behaviours in their own relationships because it is so normalised. And, and in the case of Fifty Shades, it's supposed to be really sexy as well. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Dozens of groups around the world speaking out against Fifty Shades Darker as it's being released in Australian cinemas this week. Our special guest is Caitlin Roper, Campaigns Manager for Collective Shout for a World Free of Sexploitation. Uh, Caitlin, and uh, we're going to welcome into our conversation too Wendy Francis from the Australian Christian Lobby. Wendy is a spokesperson on the dignity of women. And uh, a special welcome to you, Wendy Francis. Thanks so much, Lena. I appreciate you talking to me. Uh, Wendy, I think you already know. Caitlin, is that the case? I do, Caitlin. I loved your piece in the paper. Thank you so much for being such an amazing voice for our country. Really appreciate Thanks, Wendy. what you do. Good to chat. Wendy, yeah. uh, there is a wide call for people to boycott this film, Fifty Shades Darker, and uh, Collective Shout are saying that. Uh, you've uh, piped up too, and you agree that this is, if there's going to be a film that you're going to boycott, this is the one. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. So Collective Shout started a boycott um, a, a petition, and I think it was the, about the 11th of January, ACL have also done uh, a boycott. It's more of a pledge, so it's a promise. Um, so it's a little bit different. Uh, but 
you know, the work that Collective Shout do uh, in our country um, really is is a leading light in this area. Uh, but what what I've been saying from the Australian Christian Lobby's point of view is, you know, should Christians be watching Fifty Shades Darker? Because I have to say, Neil, I'm I am regularly shocked by the number of even women uh, in the church who would go and watch a movie such as this. It's, you know, been marketed as something that is romantic. Um, it's, you know, the male, the big, strong, dominating male, and it is just diabolical. And what I've been saying to Christian women is, no, please, for God's sake, in the absolute right sense of that word, take a pledge to boycott it and make a stand, change the conversation and don't pay money to go and watch this or even read the book. Wendy, and I'll bring Caitlin in on this as well, there is a sense, isn't there, and let me just talk uh, to uh, people who are within churches, people who would wear uh, the name tag Christian. Uh, Mm -hmm. There is a certain sense in which we don't want to be seen as wowsers, and so uh, being invited along to go with friends to the cinema and see this, uh, you might be thinking, well, I'll go along and I'll watch it, and maybe it'll be an opportunity for a conversation starter. Uh, but how do you make the strongest statement uh, with friends and talking to perhaps Christian women uh, who are within the church context? What are your, your advice for Christian women? Look, I, you know, I say to Christian women, don't watch it. You don't have to eat, uh, you don't eat rat poison to know that it's bad for you. You actually know it's bad, you know, without trying it. And they should not be supporting this rubbish. It's an easy thing, you know, when somebody invites you along and say, really, like, you know, it was only a week ago that in the news somebody, you know, a woman was killed uh, by a a violent partner. I really don't want to go and watch it being glorified. Uh, You know, there's those sort of... But, you know, for Christian women too, I think, and, um, you know, they probably have a very broad uh, audience that they're talking to because this this is an issue for every single Australian... Um, but for Christian women, I'd say, you know, there's so much in the Bible that would say to you, you know, no, let your mind, let the mind be in you, this is in Christ Jesus. Um, is this really what Jesus would want you to do? We're called to guard our hearts. We're told to um, think on the things that are pure and noble and right and lovely. And at the same time, to go and watch um, something that is actually, uh, it's a fictional story, but with potentially dire consequences. It sells women and young girls very short. And it also actually, from the men's point of view, it paints a very damaging picture of masculinity. And so, yeah, from, from the Australian Christian Lobby, we say to, to Christian women, no, look, there's plenty of ways that you can actually use this as actually a means to talk about the real issue of domestic violence in our country and what needs to change. Caitlin Roper, you're addressing women's functions and uh, not just in context of of churches that we're talking about with Wendy Francis, but you're talking to uh, ordinary Australian women uh, from all sorts of contexts. What sort of feedback are you getting? Are they your critics uh, for being outspoken against a film like this? Well, the feedback is mixed, but, um, yeah, there is, there is quite a lot of... Um response from women who are supporters of the film and and that's that's kind of hard to deal with because I just find that's a real kick in the guts you know having women defend men's violence against women just say it's fantasy it's just sexy that is something that I find really quite disheartening 
But I do feel like this time around, as opposed to two years ago when the first film was was um, being released, there are more people starting to get it, starting to connect mm-hmm. the dots. Lovely. But I do hear, yeah, the same sort of arguments mm-hmm. coming out. It's just fiction. It's just a book. And if you don't like it, you know, don't read it or don't watch it. Um, and that's why I think it is important to keep having these discussions because people are, you know, starting to get it. Of course, there are, there are going to be a lot of women who are, you know, big fans. And I think that's because they haven't actually made the connection. They just think it's somehow separate from, you know, what's actually going on in the world, this treatment of women. They think this is just a story. It's, but then you have to ask, well, why is it that, that this story of, you know, an abusive relationship, domestic violence and stalking and sexual violence and all of that, why is that something that women want to participate in in any way? Why is it something that we would, you know, that we would enjoy? Why is this framed as a fantasy? And is this really something we want to financially support as well? Mm. Caitlin, you're reported uh, fairly widely, I imagine, uh, since I picked up that article and uh, and uh, you were quoted there in the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, I imagine mm. that newspapers are probably uh, publishing your response. Uh, what about other mainstream media? Are, are people calling you and wanting your response or are they taking the line that uh, we're promoting this movie, uh, the Fifty Shades movie, and uh, we're not going to talk about all the negative things that people might have to say. What sort of reaction have you had from uh, from mainstream media reporting on this? Um, in large part, I think it's been quite positive and quite receptive to to our critique of Fifty Shades. But then, of course, there's still a lot of media that I just think, oh, it's just rubbish. I saw um, a, a news from BuzzFeed, which is sort of a, you know, not sort of serious news, but um, it was an article saying something like, you know, 10 or 15 examples in Fifty Shades where Anna is actually in control and it has the power or something. And I just thought, oh, you know, how incredibly helpful, like, to take this story and say, hey, here's these scenarios when a victim of domestic violence actually like, had power and control. And I think, how is that helpful? Like, really? I mean, do we really need more of that out there in the universe? Because what that's really saying is that, okay, something might start violent, but there'll be a happy ending in the end, so it's okay. Um, so it's, what it's saying to women is to hang in there, stay in a violent relationship because, you know, you, it might turn around and you might, it might get better. Um, you know, th- that doesn't happen. That's not real life. Real life doesn't, mm. violence doesn't lead to a happy relationship. Okay, now let's come back to this idea of a boycott because boycott is a strong word and sometimes we don't, uh, you know, sometimes we we take it a little more lightly than we ought to. Uh, But when we talk about boycott, uh, we're talking about not just not going to see the film ourselves, but, hey, tell your friends don't go. I mean, that's that's Mm -hmm. taking it a little further too, isn't it? Uh, Caitlin, your thoughts on, Mm -hmm. on just how passionate you would like to see women in particular be when it comes to not seeing this film? Well, I'd love for women to just sort of stand up and say, you know, I'm not supporting this. I'm not participating in this. This is, this does not represent, you know, how I feel and how my feelings for women and their worth and their rights and dignity. Um, and yes, a boycott is, is serious. Some people would say, oh, you're trying, this is censorship. Well, it's not censorship. You know, the film is there and it's available to be seen. We're calling on people to, you know, consider how they feel about these issues and then decide whether this is something they want to financially support. You know, are they mm. going to give their money to a film that is all about romanticising and making erotic sexual violence against women? 
Wendy Francis, there is a lax attitude uh, from people, including people uh, right throughout the whole church when it comes to the sorts of movies we expose ourselves to. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one sense, uh, I heard a, read a wonderful quote just, uh, just recently. Uh, we used to be a nation of churchgoers. Now we've become a nation of moviegoers. And, of course, the alternative... Uh, that's being presented is something that's being taken up by so many individuals and that flows through into families. The lax attitudes that we have to a sense of uh, righteousness, of holiness, of of being able to say no. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. We have completely moved away from that. And um, so even something like this is actually portrayed in the church as just being a chick flick um, and, and, you know, no harm in it. But... uh, what what God calls us to do is to actually have the mind of Christ. Uh, so we're called to guard our hearts. And so what we allow in is actually going to affect our behavior. What we allow in our minds is going to affect how we actually think about other people, um, how men think about women, how women react to men. So this is, you know, what we're filling our minds with is not just a, a light consideration. And, you know, what, what um, Caitlin is saying about the boycott is, you know, we've got to really ask the question, should we, should we be attending this film? And, and if we shouldn't, then yes, we should be prepared to tell others that they shouldn't either. The success of a movie is in the number of people who attend. The more that attend, the longer that movie will stay in the theatres and the more money the movie makes. So, so that's the equation. Uh, it, it makes a difference. More people that attend, it'll stay in the, in the theatres for a longer time. So um, a boycott is is not too... It's not asking too much. Dozens of groups around the world are speaking out against Fifty Shades Darker as it's being released in Australia's cinemas. Caitlin Roper is our guest this hour. She's campaigns manager for Collective Shout for a world free of sexploitation. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You can join in our conversation. There's a whole bunch of people who've lined up and waited patiently to have an opportunity to have their say. So let's take an opportunity. Uh, Caitlin, let's take a call from Nicole in WA. Hello, Nicole. Welcome along to 2020. Hi, thanks for having me. What are your thoughts, Uh, Nicole? Well, I just dropped my two girls off at school and I was having a conversation with my... They're eight and ten. And I was having a conversation with my ten-year-old about this yesterday because somebody had put a post... One of my friends put a post online about boycotting... The, the grey film. I haven't read the books, but one of my friends did and she said they were really poorly written. But I think it's too late by the time you're boycotting the film. And I think every every time I hear about boycotting the film, it's just sensation, uh, sensationalising the film and advertising the film and making it more exciting for teenage boys to go and see. So I think you need to educate your children first before talking about boycotting the film. So I've had to have a chat with my 10-year-old. I I wasn't talking to her about sex, obviously, but talking to her about how she should expect to be treated by boys and that she is not here to please boys or men when she grows up. And it should be an equality-type relationship. And this... uh, I couldn't remember this sort of sensationalization coming out with the film Once Were Warriors. And I think we do need to stop 
sort of talking about boycotting it and bringing back the education to the children. Okay, good thoughts in that. Uh, let's get a response from Caitlin. Okay, I think um, I, I agree we do need to be educating children and part of that means when there are messages that are promoting unhealthy relationships and violence against women and all these things, that we are critiquing these messages. We can identify that and say that, that is stalking, that is emotional abuse. These are things you should not put up with. So it's, it's possible to educate and also critique films like this. But I want to say as well, I know some people would argue, you know, that it's drawing more attention to the film. This is already a global phenomenon. Like I said, I've, you know, I've talked about, you know, lingerie and, you know, hotel packages and merchandising. This is already out there. And the dominant message is that this is okay. This is sexy and desirable and what women want and enjoy. So that's why I think it's so important that there is a counter to that dominant message, which is, you know, on our side, saying this is not okay. This is out there, but there are people, there are voices saying this is not actually okay. And I think that gives people, other people permission to stand up and say, you know what, I also don't think this is okay. So I think it is essential for voices like ours to be heard because silence has gotten us to this point where we are now, where this is out there and it is so acceptable and and viewed as erotic and sexy and okay. And Nicole, let me just uh, pick up too on the idea of just talking about it publicises the film. And I think there is uh, something important in that. And uh, I'm always very conscious of the sorts of topics that we talk about in an endeavour not to sensationalise the film and actually make it more attractive. There's an old saying that says, no publicity is bad publicity. And so even talking about it in a negative light uh, has the risk of actually uh, tweaking people's curiosity to go to see the film. So uh, if that's uh, if that's happening in the, in, in the minds of listeners, uh, my apologies for that. But there does need to be a platform by which we can actually bring a critique, and in this case, a negative tr- critique, uh, in the hope that it does spark people's imagination to think through the, the issues uh, more deeply than they might ordinarily. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020, a valuable input that was. Uh, let's take a call from Penny in Tasmania. Hello, Penny. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. Hello, Caitlin. Lovely to hear from you, Penny. What are your thoughts on our discussion today? Somewhat, I have to say. First of all, Nicole, don't stop what you are doing. Don't stop saying this is not right. Keep going, keep saying it. Yes, I agree with um, educating children, not just girls, but boys too, um, of right behaviour. But don't stop boycotting these things. It's not too late. And you'll always get somebody who will go and see this sort of film, no matter what anybody says to them. But I am appalled any time that I hear that Christians are going to see this sort of thing. They will ruin their witness once they step into that theatre to see it. Penny, good thoughts. Your response uh, to what Penny is saying, Caitlin? Well, yeah, I agree. Education, as she said, is, is critical, but that part of part of this process involves also boycotting and refusing to endorse these messages as well. Thank you so much to Penny from Tasmania. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. Let's take a call. Shelby is in Sunnybank in Queensland. Hello, Shelby. Welcome along. Hey, uh, um, Neil, um, Caitlin and uh, Wendy. Mate, it's... Um 
that's just amazing. The other night I was flicking through, um, I can't remember what night it was, um, and I don't even remember what the movie was, but it seemed like it was a forerunner and it was advertising this uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Darkness. Now, I was just amazed. I can't believe that this is getting through the censorship today, these type of movies. I, I, I flicked the stations a couple of times and went through and I, I, I sat on a couple of things because I was just alarmed and I couldn't believe the sitting, the grading, um, you know, dignity to, dignity to women, but I thought it was criminal. Um, you know, they, I just couldn't believe I could get a bit of a drift of the plot and it was so degrading, I felt, to women, let alone men. I just couldn't believe it. Um, and that was on that was on TV. That wasn't. Uh, I have to pay to go and see this. That was on television. And and Caitlin, uh, the the cat is out of the bag. Uh, there is, uh, you know, the idea of censorship is certainly not going to happen. So you really have to uh, to not only uh, keep on uh, with the the push to actually have uh, some changes, perhaps to the way regulations might work uh, to limit these sorts of films, but it comes down to uh, equipping yourself and educating your own family, if you've got daughters especially, but also sons. Uh, Your thoughts on what Shelby is sharing, Caitlin? Yeah, that's right. I mean, despite what we do and the actions that we take, this this stuff is going to keep coming in when we're going to have to be dealing with it. So this is where we do need to continue to have conversations with our children and obviously in our own homes we we have some limit of control we can turn off the tv and you can put limits on on different things but as soon as you step outside or as soon as you go online a lot of these things are in your face and it's increasingly difficult for parents to promote you know healthy relationships and respect and all these things because they're consistently being undermined so it is hard but um that's where we say education is important. We've got to be having age-appropriate conversations with our children. And we, of course, encourage people to become involved in campaigns like ours. Thank you so much to Shelby for your insight here on 2020. one 316 to join in our conversation. Let's take a call from Abraham in Albany in WA. Hello, Abraham. Welcome along. Hello. How are you? Very well. What are your thoughts? Um, look, I agree with um, both sides. Um, I think that like boy, boycotting uh, is an important part because we as Christians need to uh, stand for our beliefs and what the Bible tells us. And um, yeah, I, I think that it's it's very sad in a way. I'm a young man. I'm 28 years old, and I haven't got any children yet, um, let alone a daughter. And I would I'd hate to imagine um, this kind of thing being taught to be a normality in our in our young girls and to our young women you know and and young girls um i think it's very degrading for young girls like it was mentioned earlier that this is a um something that's going to become a norm or they're trying to um you know make it like it is a normal thing that women be treated like this when it is not at all um yeah like i think it's really important um some of the points you guys have made on the show today and yeah. Abraham, good thoughts. Uh, your response, Caitlin? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, the whole normalisation of this thing of women, but particularly for, for young women and teenage girls, because they're seeing this film promoted as, you know, this romantic chick flick that they should go see, so they want to go see it. They're seeing their mums reading these books and they're taking that as an endorsement, the popularity of these films. I mean, we meet with girls in schools around the country 
they are confused by this that because on one hand they're being told you know taught about respectful relations and healthy relationships with boys and you know dating violence and then they're, they're like well is is it okay now if he hits me they think this is something women do right or women like and you know they ask you about stalking well does that just mean he really loved you so they are actually confused about what where the boundaries are now because it has been so normalized and none of it's empowering for women Thank you so much to Abraham from Albany in WA. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. There may be some time for some more calls. 1-800-316-316. Caitlin, let me just ask you, uh, the timing of this release uh, reinforces when you talk about it being a you know romantic chick flick because it's just on the eve of Valentine's Day. Uh, how do you describe the timing? Oh, it's deliberate. The first film was released on Valentine's Day. And this one, although it's, you know, a few days earlier in Australia, it's been promoted with the, the trailers and the, you know, the um, the short trailers for months as, you know, this Valentine's Day. So it's very much intended to coincide with Valentine's Day. It's meant to be like the Valentine's Day movie, the romance, the chick flick. And, and that is confusing for, for teenagers because they sort of take it that this is something they're supposed to viewers romantic or that this is an example of a romantic relationship and it's it's really not it's a terrible example it's an example of a domestic abuse situation but they're not getting that message helping you make sense of life culture and current events from a biblical perspective 2020 on vision we are talking about the 50 shades franchise and the normalization of violence against women our special guest is caitlin roper campaigns manager for collective shout we are taking calls on 1-800-316-316 time for a couple of quick calls let's hear from patrick in brisbane hello patrick welcome along Oh, hi, Neil. How are you doing? Very well, Patrick. What are your thoughts on our discussion? Well, listen, I was at the uh, movies the other night, not seeing that one, obviously, uh, but uh, the, I had the premiere of Fifty Shades Darker at the um, Gemside event, and I was horrified. There was just about all women at this preview, and I, you know, I thought it'd be uh, funny if it wasn't so tragic. I thought it's uh, that they would, um, you know, want to ingest this stuff and... It's just terrible. But the, the thing that shocked me was all women just about in this audience for, the, for this preview, and I thought... Uh, crazy. Well, they call it uh, porn for women, and uh, perhaps your response, Caitlin, uh, to what Patrick's saying is his observation is uh, lack of men there it was women who were just lapping this up. That's right, and I think um, that just shows how successful the porn industry has been at infiltrating the mainstream, where women are not just accepting, you know, these kind of messages, but they're embracing them as empowering, and that's really quite depressing (laughs) but that's why we have campaigns like ours where we're sort of putting out this counter message and getting people to connect the dots realize that this treatment is not empowering it's not something we want to be embracing patrick thank you so much for your observation about that preview and uh, let's take one more call caroline is in new south wales Uh, carolyn i think it is isn't it carolyn carolyn yes that's right hi carolyn what are your thoughts Yes, well, I've been listening to it and thinking about um, encouraging girls not to go, but I thought it was a good one to keep your boys away from because uh, you don't want boys thinking that's a norm behaviour. But apparently it's the girls, by the previous caller, it's the girls who want to be there, which just seems, uh, um, yeah, a terrible state of affairs. 
interesting thoughts in there. Your response, Caitlin? Yeah, you're right. This is something that is really popular with women and girls and it's been promoted as a chick flick. And I, I don't think there will be that many men going, but they don't have to go. The, the normalisation of these messages and the idea that, you know, women secretly enjoy and want men to be sexually violent and aggressive with them, you know, men don't have to go to sort of absorb these messages because it's out there that, oh, women like this now, this is okay, this is acceptable. So they don't have to see it in order to be impacted. Thank you. Carolyn from New South Wales, thank you so much. And uh, running short of time, not uh, too short to draw some loose ends together and uh, talk about how you can take action. But uh, when we talk about men, uh, there's so much pornography in society and uh, the image of women has changed. Interesting to hear you talk about this, Caitlin, as uh, as as having gone this far, that uh, that women have now become accepting of this uh, and almost celebrating uh, this whole uh, manipulative way that men uh, can tend to treat women. Uh, is there, uh, when you describe it as a progression to this point, how significant do you think that is? Oh, it's really significant. It's, um, you know, this idea that, you know, where women in the past might have sort of recognised these things as exploitation and, you know, the subordination of women, and these are not things that are good for women. Now, you know, so many have been sold this lie that it's empowering to participate in your own exploitation, that it's it's no longer exploitation if you choose. So, you know, men can objectify women and exploit them, but if women agree to it, then it's somehow on their terms. And that's, you know, it's there's nothing progressive about that. Thank you so much to Carolyn from New South Wales. I want to be able to, as we draw some loose ends together, uh, talk about the fact that you do want people to support your campaign and one way they can do that uh, is by some financial support the $50 not 50 shades campaign how does that work uh, is that a, a significant way that people can take action Caitlin yes so collective shout is part of an international coalition of groups calling for a boycott uh, and what we're, we're doing is we're asking people to skip the film and to take the money that they've saved on movie tickets, popcorn, whatever, and to donate that money to a women's shelter or a domestic violence service. Because in real life, that's where women like Anastasia in the film would end up. Um, So we've partnered with Culture Reframed from the US, the London Abused Women's Centre in Canada, and the National Centre on Sexual Exploitation. And we have the support of dozens of other groups around the world, Um, you know, women's groups who are committed to ending men's violence against women. So, um, like I said, we're calling on people to boycott the movie and to donate $50 or any amount of money to a women's shelter or domestic violence service if they are able to. If not, there are still various ways they can participate. They can they can share graphics on social media. We have a Facebook page, $50, not 50 shades. They can tweet using hashtags, 50 shades is abuse, and $50, not 50 shades. And they can visit our website, www.collectiveshout.org and there's lots of information there so if people aren't in a position where they can give money there's 
there's lots of ways they can support the campaign. That's sobering to think, uh, you know, some dollars that will support the idea of women's shelters and uh, domestic violence counselling because uh, these are the women who'll suffer the fallout from movies like this. Uh, Let me just ask you too, when we talk about being proactive, uh, you like to talk about teaching media literacy. Uh, Very quickly, how do you talk about teaching media literacy within your family? Well, my kids are um, pre-teen, so I think it's important to have conversations in an age-appropriate way. So for myself, it's it's tricky and it's sort of a bit of a balancing act because there's certain things I obviously don't want to even expose my children to because they're just discussions that I don't feel, you know, I, I just don't want to have with my kids. I don't want to take their innocence, but I also have to, in a delicate way, sort of prepare them for things. Um, so one example is... Um, there's uh, a sexuality educator um, that we work with, um, Liz Walker, and she's written a book. Um, and this is a book where um, it's a picture book for kids where if they, it's to help them if they sort of stumble across pornography online, which unfortunately is happening more and more at friends' houses at school, you know, with wireless devices. And it helps them to recognize when something is bad. So They can look at it and say, this makes me feel sick in my tummy. It makes me feel nervous. You know, she describes it as pictures of adults doing things that make me feel uncomfortable. And then what to do? You go to a parent, you go to an adult and you you talk to them. And, you know, there's steps to actually handle things like that. So there are ways of dealing with things in an age-appropriate manner without having to really take your children's innocence. Um, So with my children, we have a lot of conversations. (laughs) Sometimes they're like, oh because they're sick of having these conversations. But um, I think it's really important that that they know that there's this open dialogue and they're free to ask questions and they're free to talk about these things with me and there's not going to be judgment, they're not going to be in trouble, but we can sort of speak openly and I think that's important. Well, Caitlin, it's important within families. It's also important in the broader community to raise uh, these sorts of issues about media and understanding the sorts of messages that are being passed on to uh, new generations. And they do seem to be getting uh, worse with each new generation that's born. Caitlin, uh, from Collective Shout, I want to point people to your website. Uh, Undoubtedly, there'll be some resources there and some more detail about how people can understand uh, what's happening with this Fifty Shades franchise. Collective Shout's website website is collectiveshout.org. That's collectiveshout.org. And Caitlin Roper, just uh, really appreciate you sharing your heart on this. And, uh, you know, it is controversial talking about boycotts. Uh, But that is Mm. the way you want people to respond on this occasion with this particular movie, the Fifty Shades Darker movie. Caitlin, thanks so much for uh, talking to us today here on 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.